Hello, everyone, and welcome to Heading North. My name is Nick, your host, as always. If you want to find me on social media, just search at Grizzly, G-R-I-S-L-E-Y, Adams, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, everything in between. And as always, if you like anything you hear in this episode, make sure you go over to www.headingnorthpodcast.com, where you can find videos, merchandise, episodes, and uh, ways to give back to the outdoor community. So diving right into this week's episode, I want to talk heavily about Lake Superior, a little bit less so as an outdoor tips guide and a little bit more so just talking about the saltless sea that is Lake Superior. So I moved out here, as many of you know, especially previous listeners, uh, to the Duluth area of Minnesota uh, last Memorial Day, also I guess now two Memorial Days ago, and have really enjoyed the lifestyle of the North Shore here in Minnesota. I grew up in southern New Jersey, very close to the ocean, and then spent the bulk of my formative years in Connecticut, right on the Long Island Sound coastline, so right by the Atlantic Ocean there. My life has revolved heavily around water in all of that time, and I was actually uh, a little bit more apt to move to Minnesota once I realized that there was such a large base of water so close by to where I'd be moving to here in Duluth. And um, I feel like, especially as an East Coaster, I knew of the Great Lakes and I knew about the Great Lakes, but I didn't know a whole lot about what they were or really what made them so great. And Lake Superior is, in my opinion, the greatest. So when you think about the size of Lake Superior, you're looking at an area that covers uh, 31,700 square miles, which is 82,000 square kilometers. It's a pretty big base of water. It's actually one of the largest uh, freshwater sources in the world. So the average depth of Lake Superior is 483 feet or 147 meters, uh, with the deepest point reaching 1,332 feet or 406 meters. That is an extremely deep area, and you'd think it takes a lot of water to really kind of fill a space like that. And that being said, it would actually take water from all of the other Great Lakes plus three extra Lake Eries just to uh, make up what can be held within Lake Superior. You're looking at about 551 billion gallons of water to raise the water level just one inch. Now feeding the lake is a large number of rivers that all stretch along the North Shore and then it feeds out into the St. Louis River which is where Duluth meets with Lake Superior and Superior, Wisconsin, and then comes down into the St. Louis River Valley. The largest feed of water into Lake Superior itself is the most northern point of uh, the lake, and that's at uh, Nipigon River, which is also home of the world's record brook trout. Uh, So a lot of large fish in this area. As we have learned in science class and everything else is that an animal can grow to the size of its environment. And Lake Superior is a very large environment. There are a total of 88 different species of fish. Some of the most notable within Lake Superior are going to be things like the sturgeon, muskie, um, lake trout, and then whitefish. So there's a lot of species. If you don't know anything about sturgeon, they are, as my girlfriend says, dinosaurs. And they are very large fish. And they look the part of a dinosaur where they have large scaly um, fins almost, I guess, and then other items protruding from their skin that really give them that uh, dinosaur type feeling. The water in Lake Superior itself uh, 
could cover all of North and South America in one foot of water. So it's a large water base and it really speaks to the amount of water that, um, and the amount of space that the fish have in order to uh, create an environment that uh, there is the ability for 88 different species to survive. And now uh, I did just say that St. Louis River is one of the main outflows of the lake, but the largest uh, outflow of the lake is actually going to be the St. Mary's River, uh, which is a 74.5 mile long or 120 kilometer long uh, river that is drained from uh, Lake Superior into Lake Huron. So a lot of the fresh water here does flow into places like uh, Lake Huron and other areas like that. And that would be the largest outflow. And then obviously St. Louis River is one of them as well. Now Lake Superior runs along the province of Ontario and Canada, the southern border of that uh, province. And it also hits states like Minnesota, as well as Wisconsin and Michigan. The largest city on Lake Superior itself is Thunder Bay, which many of you have heard in previous episodes me talk about, especially in the Conquering a Giant episode, where I talk about going up Sleeping Giant Provincial Park, which is just northwest of Thunder Bay itself. The largest island on Lake Superior is Isle Royale, which is a part of the U.S. state Michigan, and it's surrounded by 450 smaller islands, all of which form the Isle Royale National Park. It is an extremely beautiful national park if you want open spaces, open water, extremely wild nature, as well as the opportunity to possibly possibly see the northern lights, depending on what time of year you are in that area. Uh, Isle Royale itself is 200 square miles uh, or, 300, or 534 square kilometers, and its immense size makes it the fourth largest lake island in the world. Lake Superior was charted in 1667, which led to the lake becoming a major aspect in fur trading. The French, English, as well as other tribes and uh, the, the colonies used this area for trading of furs, meats, um, and then later turned into the Industrial Revolution, where we were taking a lot of iron, especially out of the iron ranges here in Minnesota. Storm season at Lake Superior is October to November, which also happens to be the surf season here in Lake Superior. Yes, I did say surfing. It is freshwater surfing. Therefore, you need a different board and a little bit thicker of a wetsuit. Uh, but the season actually kind of starts for surfing here uh, in September, I would have to say, and then really takes its head in November where it can be very dangerous. But you do have those gale force winds of November in order to push the lakes uh, the, the lake's tides and its currents and create these very large waves. I do surf here in the summer as well, but the best times are now as it's getting colder and we have a lot more of these storms. Uh, waves are likely to get over 30 feet out into the, in the, the deeper areas, and those can actually uh, transfer down to the shoreline here in northern Minnesota. Speaking of the gales of November, uh, it's estimated that there are about 10,000 shipwrecks in the Great Lakes, 350 of which are known to be in Lake Superior. Many have been found and recorded while half have not yet been located. There's lots of diving here to try to find those and uh, marine archaeology to try to find those sites. And one of the most popular shipwrecks is the SS Edmund Fitzgerald which many of us know uh, in a uh, wonderful rendition of a song. So there's definitely a lot of um, intense waves and intense 
areas that can really cause these issues. And many people think, oh, well, the open ocean is a place where there are these large waves that must, must get much larger than a place like Lake Superior, which is, yes, a sea of its own, but is not necessarily an ocean. Well, the, the reason why there are so many shipwrecks in such a, a condensed area um, and why the waves are, can be more dangerous than out on the open ocean is, is that in the open ocean is much deeper. Therefore, those large waves are uh, much more spread apart and have a longer uh, time that they have a cap to them, which allows the ships to get over these large waves and then navigate and adjust their course. Whereas in lakes like Lake Superior, Huron, or Erie, it's much more shallow, which means that the caps have a shorter time before they break and the waves are very close together. So there is no time to readjust there's a very thin margin for these captains and crews of these large ships to be able to adjust and make sure that they can get through these waves safely. Um, knowing many tall ship captains and mates and other individuals that sail, uh, Lake Superior and the Great Lakes as a whole are a uh, very scary thing to most people, especially open water sailors and um, nautical individuals. So it, it definitely makes for a... Uh, a, a dangerous and treacherous time, especially during October and November. Now, the Ojibwe people, which is the uh, original people who were in this area, called the uh, Lake Gichigumi, which means the Great Sea. And it really is a great sea. I kind of made the joke that this isn't an ocean, this isn't a sea, but as it pertains to the name of the episode, this is the Saltless Sea. Um, and it, it's absolutely beautiful. Now, talking to the more natural side for all of you hikers and campers out there, Lake Superior offers a very diverse ecosystem of plant vegetation and hiking areas. You have the North Shore of Minnesota from Duluth to the Pigeon River border crossing, uh, the land crossing into Ontario, where there is the Superior Hiking Trail. Many of you can find the merchandise for the SHT on the website. And that area has a good amount of pine, spruce, and other uh, more boreal trees, as well as some great rock features caused by the lakes um, and the river's erosion of the land around it. Now, this 500,000 years ago would have been a very large mountain range. And some of these, based off of height above sea level, are considered mountains. But these are large hills that make up the shoreline of the North Shore of Minnesota. Then once you cross over into Wisconsin, you can go through the Apostle Islands area, which is a beautiful landscape that allows for ice caves to form. And Lake Superior itself has never or has very rarely in recorded history 100% frozen. The closest it got to that was in 2014 when it became 91% frozen. There's actually local stories here of ice fishermen who, when that shelf of ice broke off, ended up going out into the lake um, on that ice with all of their fishing gear. The Coast Guard was luckily able to save all of those individuals, not necessarily their gear, as that was not what was important to them at that time. But back to uh, Wisconsin. So you have the Apostle Islands. You'll see some posts on the social media at Heading North Podcast on Instagram about us going out to the Madeline Island area there uh, by Bayfield, which is right along the northern border of Wisconsin as you're getting close to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Now, Lake Superior also travels into Michigan, where you have Wolf Mountain and other mountains, part of the Porcupine Mountains in that Upper Peninsula area, as well as some very forested and boreal um, 
in boreal forest there you have the ontario national forest you also have the superior national forest here in minnesota and then there is also some national forest areas along the shoreline in wisconsin so lots to do lots to see there are national parks national forests state parks and state campgrounds as well so if you want to come and travel to this area i highly recommend it you can reach out just message me at info at headingnorthpodcast.com and i can give you plenty of pieces of advice or you can reach out on any of the social media to check out and ask questions about what to do while you travel here i know norwegian also has for the first time in about 10 years a cruise line that takes port uh from i want to say somewhere in michigan it then stops in wisconsin thunder bay and duluth so it does give you a really good opportunity to see the area and see the lakes as a whole and it also has a really cool submersible with a glass bottom so you can actually dive onto the water in that submersible with the crew and see some of these shipwrecks not the Edmunds Fitzgerald for any of you that, you that are excited, but some of the lesser known shipwrecks along the shoreline that are safe enough for those, that, that ship to be able to submerge and take you on a viewing there. But that's all I have for you guys this week. If you like anything you heard in this episode, make sure you go to headingnorthpodcast.com. If you want to find Heading North on social media, just search Heading North Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, or Heading North Pod on Twitter. As always, music in this episode was by Asylum Music and Media Works. And if you want to support what it is I do here and the show as a whole, you can go to patreon.com forward slash heading north podcast, or you can head over to our merchandise shop. Just go to headingnorthpodcast.com forward slash shop and check that out. If you like videos, you, you can find them at headingnorthpodcast.com. If you like audio versions of the episode you can also find them there so please look out we are on all major platforms of social media and the best way that you can support us is leaving a rating and review on itunes spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts (laughs) 